Broadcasting live to New York, Bloomberg 1130. To Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 991. To Boston, Bloomberg 1200. To San Francisco, Bloomberg 960. To the country, Sirius XM Channel 119. And around the globe, the Bloomberg Radio Plus app at Bloomberg.com. This is Bloomberg Surveillance. Good morning. It is 830 on Wall Street. I'm Michael McKee, along with Tom Keene, Economic Indicators. Brought to you by Commonwealth Financial Network. When it's time to change the conversation, talk with a broker-dealer, RIA, that's ready to listen. Call 866-462-3638 or visit Commonwealth.com to learn more. No numbers right now, but at 10, we get a very key number, the ISM manufacturing number for the month of April, <clears throat> due to come in at 51.4, according to the consensus of economists surveyed by Bloomberg. The uh, number in March was 51.8, so a slight decline. We'll be watching the new orders index, 58.3, yeah. relatively high uh, in March, and we'll see what it w- is in April. And you nailed it, Mike, as you always do, beneath the headline number, Pros like you look at the minutia. Do I care about prices paid? Does that add value? Uh, it adds a little value in the sense of it gives you, I mean, uh, an indication of of cost pressures, and if they're rising, that would uh, lead possibly to inflation yeah. down the road. I mean, at, at 52 where they are now, it isn't a, a big deal, but uh, but we'll see. The uh, the the interesting number this morning was the uh, PMI number. Um, in Europe, uh, Eurozone manufacturing rises to 51.7 from 51.5, so a slight improvement in Europe. And that's the, that's the question. Uh, and that's the, the question mm-hmm. we are now going to put to uh, Brett Ryan. He's a Deutsche Bank economist, uh, covers the United States for Deutsche. Uh, are we seeing the world get a little bit better than it was in the first quarter where we saw sort of a global manufacturing slump and, in general, punk economic conditions, Brett. Yeah, I think we've what we've gotten is the central bank uh, policy reaction to the volatility in the, in the first half, in the first quarter of the year. Uh, we've had actions to kind of stabilize currencies here, and I think that's now it's up to the data to kind of prove that it worked, right? So you've had... Bank of Japan, you've had Europe, Europe take some further easing measures. The Fed hit the pause button, and, and rightly so. And so now we kind of wait and see if the data react and if, condition, if the improvement in financial conditions results uh, in, in better activity. Unfortunately for us, for the U.S. in the near term when it comes to manufacturing, uh, we still see some headwinds. Um, you know, the, the dollars come off a little bit. It's down about 5% from its peak, but you're still up, you know, substantially about 15% from a couple of years ago. So on, for, the, for the manufacturing ISM today, we're actually expecting a 49 reading, and this is sort of in line with what we saw last week with the Chicago PMI, which was uh, barely back into uh, positive territory, unfortunately, at, 50, at around 50. Um, uh, the other thing that's weighing on manufacturing in the U.S. is the, the inventory overhang in the U.S. So we have elevated inventories to sales ratios, and so no, some of that inventory needs to be worked down, and that's going to weigh on production at least for the next uh, month or so. So we're not, we're not sort of out of the woods yet when it comes to manufacturing. And then globally, when you kind of look around, the, look around, you know, the PMIs are all, you know, around 50. And these aren't 55 readings that would be, you know, sig- signify a stronger manufacturing recovery. Uh, I believe China was around 50 at its latest reading as well. And I think that's a key one that a lot of economists are following right now. There, is that, uh, 
is there a new and is there a new normal in manufacturing? Uh, so there's a new normal in in what's a reasonably good ISM number. Um, you know, it, these these are these are indices that that are you know measuring momentum, right? So you know they're always going to. Uh, they're going to when the, when things are starting to pick up, it'll it'll show up in, in these higher numbers. And I think you know, just for for the moment, we're hanging out right around just barely positive. And you know, you you want to see, you'd like to see these things accelerate further into the 55 type type range to get uh, you know confirmation that that things are starting to normalize again uh, within manufacturing. Um, but at the moment, it's just there's been weak global demand, um, and this is, you know, stemming from from issues in, right. in China and Europe, uh, and the strong dollar certainly hurt U.S. exports. Now, how much does so this matter? What on Friday? What's the Deutsche Bank call for payrolls? That's what the Fed seems most concerned about. Right. The Fed's the Fed's mandate is is inflation and then um, full a full employment. So uh, we're actually looking for a weaker number of uh, the consensus. And there's been a couple of things that have been kind of disconcerting to us. Um, one, we had growth in the first quarter of, of only five, you know, five tenths, and yet the labor market seemed to remain fairly strong. And we're not quite sure how that squares. Um, you know, why are corporations hiring at mm-hmm. such a, a fairly robust rate when the economy is not growing that fast? And so uh, we think we're kind of due for a disappointment mm-hmm. soon. And the second thing is we've been watching um, tax receipts, which are uh, every day withheld income taxes uh, are deposited at the U.S. How do they look? And we can, not great. Not great. The growth rate's decelerated over the past two yeah, quarters. So, That's so these are the these yeah, these are the things that are just have us, you know, are have raised our antennae, and right. we we just we a little bit more hesitant to you know to declare the all clear just yet. Brett Ryan, thank you so much with Deutsche Bank and Joe Lavornia's team as well. Uh, if futures up four, down futures up thirty-one. I'm going to call it a churn to the market, but Mike, it really underscores the interesting point where we are. Mike, is there a consensus belief? that we have left the first quarter behind, and what you're so good at is the timing of the data through the quarter. Are we at the when, when you get to know what the second quarter really looks like? Uh, we don't My have answers any... are way too early. It is early, but the consensus is we're going to see a rebound. There seems to be a feeling that there's a seasonal adjustment problem with the first quarter. Yeah. And look at what happened in the fourth quarter. <clears throat> the initial print for GDP was yes. one-tenth, and uh, we're, we're yeah. much higher than that now. So uh, things are likely to get better. Yeah, it was really a, a nuanced conversation earlier this morning, you and John Herman, uh, going over some of these distinctions. I thought that was really quite good. The yen a little bit stronger, 106.48. All right, let's check in with Michael Barr now and get the latest world and national headlines. Michael. Mike, Tom, thank you very much. Secretary of State John Kerry is in Geneva for more talks to restore the broken-down truce in Syria. Kerry says we're getting closer to a place of understanding, but we have some work to do. We are talking directly with the Russians, even now. The hope is that we can make some progress. Saudi Foreign Minister Adil Al-Jaber called the situation in Aleppo an outrage and a criminal violation of humanitarian law that he blames on Syrian President Bashir Assad. School district officials in Detroit now say 87 of the 100 public schools will be closed today because of a threatened teacher's strike. 
The teachers' union rest yesterday encouraged instructors to call out sick after the district said Saturday that it would not have enough money to pay teachers this summer unless Michigan provided additional funding. Tomorrow is the Indiana primary. Frontrunners Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton are hoping to have strong wins and knock out their opponents. Global News 24 hours a day, powered by our 2,400 journalists and more than 150 news bureaus from around the world. I'm Michael Barr. Mike, Tom. Thank you, Michael. Time now for the Bloomberg NBC Sports Update. Here's John Stasher. John? Mike, as if the Yankees don't have enough concerns and anemic offense and some questionable starting pitching, now even all-star reliever Dylan Batances is in a slump after not allowing a run over his first nine games. He's given up four runs the last three games. Came in in Boston last night, seventh inning tie score. His first pitch hit out by Red Sox catcher Christian Vasquez, who hadn't homered all year. Red Sox completed the sweep. 8-7, to seven, Joe Girardi on wasting the Yanks' best offensive game since April 8th. It was good to see us, you know, score some runs. Um, you know, Jake had a big night. Alex had a big night. Tex had an RBI. And, um, you know, that's good to see. But the bottom line is we lost. Now lost five in a row. The Mets had won eight straight. Cooled off on a cool day at City Field by Madison Bumgarner. The Giants won 6-1. to one. Noah Syndergaard's first loss. Mets now came in half behind Washington, who had a sweep this weekend in St. Louis. They're home tonight for baseball's worst team, Atlanta. NBA playoffs, first round's over. Pair of game sevens in the East, one at home by Miami and Toronto. They'll now play each other. Clay Thompson, 37 points. Golden State easily took game one from Portland, 118-106. Stanley Cup playoffs, the only team up 2-0 is San Jose. They beat Nashville 3-2. St. Louis won 4-3. Overtime at Dallas, that's tied at one. The Islanders, game three with Tampa Bay is tomorrow night in Brooklyn. With the Bloomberg NBC Sports Update, I'm John Stashow. Now, John, thanks so much. We look at equities, bonds, currencies, commodities, futures advanced. I don't want to make too big of a deal of it. Uh, futures up five, down futures up 32. The VIX closing Friday from that 17 down to 15.93. So the VIX, um, you know, better than the gloom that we saw a little bit. The Dow closing 17,773 yields in this morning, not like they were two hours ago. But the 10-year in a beep, uh, 1.82%, 30-year bond, 2. 0.67 percent uh, yield curve flattens uh, a modest amount, three basis points, 104.5. Uh, just a little bit. I'm going to call it a little bit of risk, uh, uh, risk off. I should say risk off this morning. Oil and fractionally, American oil, West Texas, 45.70 per barrel. Brent 46.92. And the story: gold, 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 up 11 dollars. We had a 1300 print now, nicely over that 13. Zero one. And Fifteen and ten. <coughs> Point one zero. Fifteen yeah. and ten are the important numbers for you. Red Sox record. They're in first place. Oh, you of little faith. Coming up, we're going to talk about gold. 1301, as Tom says, James Steele from HSBC. He is the gold guru. We'll find out whether or not there is indeed a big rally ahead, as Jeff DeGraff suggested. Global Business News, 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. This update's brought to you by American Arbitration Association. Business disputes are inevitable. Resolve faster with the American Arbitration Association, the global leader in alternative dispute resolution for over 85 years. Learn more at ADR.org. International Paper, the world's largest paper company, agreeing to buy Weyerhaeuser's pulp business for about $2.2 billion to add production of the absorbent raw material used in diapers and other hygiene products. 
The euro is climbing against the dollar, strengthening through $1.15 for the first time since August. Right now, the euro is at $1.1492. The yen is at 106.56. We're seeing futures move higher with S&P E-mini futures up 5 points, Dow E-mini futures up 32, and NASDAQ E-mini futures up 7. DAX in Germany is up 9 tenths percent. Ten-year Treasury up 132nd. The yield 1.82 percent. NYMEX crude oil down 3 tenths percent or 14 cents to 45.78 a barrel. COMEX gold is up 7 tenths percent or $9 to 12.9970 an ounce. Allianz said profits surged 21 percent in the first three months of the year and the insurer reiterated its 2016 targets. Allianz is scheduled to report full first quarter earnings on May 11th. Its shares are up 2.2 percent in German trading. That's a Bloomberg business flash. Tom and Mike. Karen, uh, thanks so much. Again, futures up five. It is a- 848 on Wall Street. The following is from Bloomberg View. Opinions and commentary from Bloomberg columnists. I'm Justin Fox, a columnist for Bloomberg View. Washington's Metro, the country's second busiest rapid transit system, has been having a tough year. In March, the whole system shut down for a day for emergency repairs. Soon after, a top official warned that entire lines might need to be idled for up to six months. Train delays are rampant, and ridership has been declining since 2010, even as the region's population grows. There are many reasons for these problems. But one of them is lack of resources. Fares don't cover operating costs, and Metro has to go to the governments of Maryland, Virginia, and D.C. every year to ask for money. It is the only major transit system in the U.S. that has no dedicated source of tax revenue. Yet Metro is generating tons of tax revenue. Study after study has showed that in the Washington area and elsewhere, having a rapid transit station in the neighborhood increases property values, which means more revenue from property taxes. Metro has found a way to tap into this value creation along the new Silver Line to Dulles Airport with special assessments on property near the stations. But there's been a big real estate boom around existing stations, too. How about giving Metro some more of the money it's generating? I'm Justin Fox, a columnist for Bloomberg View. For more Bloomberg opinion and commentary, please go to BloombergView.com or View Go on the Bloomberg Terminal. This has been Bloomberg View. And Bloomberg View commentary can be heard hourly weekdays on Bloomberg Radio. Can't say enough about Mohammed Alarian's article today. On foreign exchange is last resort for policymakers. Smart, smart effort by Dr. Yeah, it's definitely, as well. definitely worth a read. He writes a lot, but, you know, every once in a while it's just brilliant, and that was one of them. James Steele, HSBC, said, Victory gold, lap. said gold would go to 1300 How wrong he is. To twelve ninety eight seventy, it Terrible. cost thirteen hundred earlier today. Yeah. So yes, how right he was. Yeah. James Steele joining us with a victory lap. He is a fundamental analysis, not so much gaming the price of gold. And we're not going to ask him too much about where gold's going to go. Uh, and Mr. Steele, congratulations on a lonely call months and months ago. Is the supply demand architecture there to sustain gold where it is? Well, first of all, thank you very much, Tom. That's that, that's very gracious of you. Um, uh, well, we on, on that front, um, there are maybe some concerns, but but the the we have not seen a great deal of interest this year from China. Uh, the uh, uh, imports are down a little bit uh, year on year, although not drastically so. And uh, India has withdrawn from the market. Uh, well, why is that? Is it because the price has gone up and people go at the margin? I can't buy it again. 
uh, mostly, and we've had a very weak rupee. Uh, but also in the case of India specifically, uh, the, 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 there was a merchant strike of six or seven weeks uh, in, in reaction to the government putting a 1% excise on gold and jewelry I, hey. uh, sales items. <coughs> Mike, it's this, an idea. This is in addition to the 10% tariff on, on, on bullion imports, by the way. Okay, so Mike, the, the mayor of New York, Mr. de Blasio, or the governor of New York, Mr. Cuomo, or the president can put a tariff so that you and I don't have to deal with Tiffany's. Yeah, and there's a good Is idea. That how it works? Sorry, okay. sorry, my dear, I couldn't <clears throat> buy you gold. It was a tariff. <laughs> Earlier on the show, James, we had uh, you're doing your bit for the current account. Definitely. Yes. Oh, he has. Yes, he has definitely done that. Uh, Jeff DeGraff from Renaissance Macro, he's a technical guy, said the technicals suggested that gold would continue to rise. Actually, you know, he predicted a rather strong rise, but he said nobody knows really why. And so I'll ask you, does, can gold keep going up from here? And if so, what drives it? Well, I think much will depend on the dollar, and, and, and that's what we've seen. This, this has been two or uh, three important things have rallied the market this year. And, and just to touch on, on something that, that Tom and I had previously spoken about, the gold declines last year and the year before were predicated on sharp interest rate rises this year of around four times by the Fed and at least twice last year. We only got one rise last year. Now we may only get two increases this year, maybe even not. And, and so, therefore, the gold market is effectively recalibrating. It is, it is taking back the losses that it made in anticipation of a much higher, of a much steeper Fed trajectory. And, and that is the essence, I think, to the rally. This has been supported by what you were just talking about earlier, um, the decline in the dollar. Uh, the, the, the euro is a good way to look at it. It's the world's second reserve currency, and gold tends to move fairly closely with it. Um, and that is now over, back over 114, which is very supportive of, uh, of the gold market. As long as the dollar remains on the defensive, not just to the euro, but also to the yen and, and some emerging market currencies, then the outlook for gold uh, will continue to be good. Uh, but uh, what I would just caution is that the physical end of the market um, is not responding or is responding by, by pulling back. And this is uh, effectively a type of sticker shock. Um, it's getting progressively expensive. Uh, for people in the emerging world to buy gold. It's where most of the physical gold is bought. So we have something of a dichotomy right now. The investment demand is quite strong, but the underlying physical demand is pulling back. Well, it could be interesting because if, if then the Fed were to surprise, if we get some good economic numbers and all of a sudden the markets decide the Fed is back in play, could we have some serious volatility? I think that's a fair comment, yes, and, and that's another reason why you've got to be a bit wary of the upside. When the rate rises come, whenever they do, uh, uh, the, Fed, the, the gold market might react. Now, we've already seen one Fed increase in December, and that actually co co coincided with pretty much the low of the market. And uh, some uh, empirical evidence shows that the gold market tends to weaken going into a Fed rate rise, but then rally for the next 120 trading days. If you take December as that as that level, then we're just about exhausted through that. What, what the what the a lot of the public doesn't know, and particularly the gold bugs and all that know, is that the partition of the industry in analysis of the metal, the evil metal, is very careful. You're a fundamental guy looking at fundamental trends. Are you a friend of the gold bugs right now, or have we seen this James Steele rally? for reasons totally removed from what gold bugs look for? 
Well, there sometimes can be a, a rather excitable element in the gold market, and it's often tied to you know worries, uh, maybe excessive worries about what's what's going to happen. And is I'm that not, out there now? Um, there's always an element of that, but I I, I believe that most of this. Uh, rally is funded on pretty much a, a, a good reaction in the paper markets to negative interest rates uh, and to the lack of uh, Fed, Fed increases and to dollar weakness. You know, what, what is interesting is if you look at the negative interest rate argument, it's also very bullish for gold. Um, the distress factor, uh, gold has uh, is always weakened by opportunity cost if r- rates are too high. And if you have negative rates, then that removes that argument. Um, and you also have uh, uh, the way the yield curve reacts under negative interest rates is also positive for gold. And what is interesting is if you look at the, the issuances of bonds with negative rates, they began in full swing in December, and that is when the gold market bottomed. So keep your eye on negative mm-hmm. rates. It's something we don't look at in the U.S. much because we don't have them. But around 40% of the world's GDP is under a negative interest rate regime, and that is positive for gold. James Steele, thank you so much for the HSBC on gold here at 1300 and now. Mike, is it appropriate that I have a correction just back? I mean, I had to get a new boy. That didn't take long. Russell saves the day. Tom Keene, you idiot. The VIX is now quoted in real time in the morning. So I was quoting the VIX earlier. And of course, my eyes are still glazed over from all the rum I drank. And I, I couldn't see on my Bloomberg, which correctly shows the VIX is a real-time number pre-930, 15.87 right now, uh, up 0.17. The VIX, according to Russell, informing me out on Twitter, trading from 3.15 a.m. East Coast time. You've got to get up pretty early in the morning to get yeah. out of Tom Keene, and apparently Russell did. Yeah, but, but, but <laughs> Russell saved the day there it is fifteen point eight eight. The VIX just moved. That changes everything. Here at eight fifty seven in the morning. That changes everything. Yes, yeah, fifteen eighty eight now. It's gone yeah. <laughs> a tick. We, well, we don't got... have an opinion on gold. We get tons of mail on it. Mike and I, uh, like everybody else, we've got differing opinions. Well, I will. On this I will. Group. I will just go on record and say I, ha- I never have any idea why gold does what it does. And you have a lot of people who are experts saying they don't know either. One of my first conversations. Many years ago, it was with a gentleman by the name of John Templeton in I've heard of him. Toronto. And Sir John whispered to me, Tom, I just don't understand gold. <laughs> but he did it with a Tennessee. I feel better now. Bloomberg Surveillance. <laughs>